Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Hey, Steve, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. I just sent my 18th book off to um, Amazon Publishing today. I can't even keep up with you, bro. I was trying this morning. I'm trying to like, okay, let me get ready for them. Like, I, holy shit. He's done so much. I don't even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most random, random journey. I've um, designed two of the world's largest chandeliers. Um, I've had the property brothers lip sync battle with me. Um, like <laughs> it's it just random. When I was in junior high, I had a, Sports Illustrated calendar with Kathy Ireland on the cover I remember and that. a redheaded supermodel, Angie Everhart, about midway through. Um, wow. I'm now friends with, with Kathy Ireland. Seriously? Uh, and, Seriously? And How old is she? Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, probably. I was with Angie on her 50th birthday. Um, I, I'd say they're the same group right there. Oh yeah, yeah. In their, sure. in their 50s. You um, are you you are a fascinating character, my friend. I mean, I <laughs> I I you know, I knew that I knew we had the podcast booked and by the way, we're already recording, so we'll just we'll just roll with it and I'll put some production on it. Um, okay. Uh and we will send you we'll send you the draft to approve. Just I think you you probably know this. I'll send you a draft, make sure you're cool with it before we launch and then after we launch, I'll send you all the links, okay? Perfect. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, you you are fascinating, bro. I I knew that you were scheduled, and I saw it coming up. But then yesterday afternoon and this morning, you know, I'm kind of getting ready. I'm like, holy shit! Look at, look at this guy. I, I, this guy. This guy is a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've already done my best thing. My kids are 25, and JLB 24 in in August. Cool. Um, I've I've done my best thing. I, I raised them. They they're the two best guys I know. That's awesome. after that. It's kind of like, well, might as well go do some stuff. Like, like, you know, uh, in twenty in twenty eighteen, maybe it was twenty seventeen, but in twenty eighteen, um, I had um, found out that HGTV had not hosted a reunion party. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, oh well, shoot. Seems like they missed out on that. So. Uh, so I threw the unofficial HDTV reunion. Um, I rented three limos and a Bentley, teamed up with a bunch of different companies, and I hosted that. And I was like, hey, that? find the gap and just go for it. Were you um, early on? Let me, let's let's go back to your uh, childhood a little bit and your, your family. I want to know mom dad siblings and where you grew up can you give me a little bit of that and and, and i want to see how that kind of ties in with what you ended up doing uh for a living see if there's any any paths there talk, talk to me about your your folks yeah so my dad wasn't a great guy um mm -hmm. and uh and my parents divorced by age 10 okay but um but they did pour into me so if i if I doodled something, then I was going to be the world's best artist. And if I, if I caught a football, then I was going to be the best, you know, football player. Uh, truth be told, I, I hated all of it. <laughs> uh, but um, so siblings, I've got one, one full brother, one full sister. I've got, um, I think, a half brother and a half sister. And I've got uh, two stepbrothers. Because mom, because mom and mom and dad married after the divorce and had other kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in the house, my brother and sister. Okay. Um, and you were divorced. They're divorced. When we were ten. Did your uh, Did you stay with your mom and then she remarried, or you went? You okay? I did stay with my mom. Um, we all did. My dad kind of took the opportunity to to duck out. Yeah. So 
not not real much um um engagement from him after how, each how about how about now do you have a relationship with him is he still alive or no i barely pulled up his facebook account the other day and he looks like um the dad from west coast choppers <laughs> what's his serious? name like paul tuttle he looks he looks just like him seriously like even so all these years you get you never didn't really no relationship huh tried tried a few times uh realized i was the only one trying wow uh that's a bummer I, i'm sorry to hear that how about your your stepdad did he the person your mom remarried was he a decent guy or he was he was a he was a nice guy uh but uh didn't you know and i dig him and he's he stayed with my mom but that's okay. about it mm. didn't, never led the family or like you know uh, and did, did that trauma of all of that family stuff when you were a teenager, were you a rebel? Were you in trouble? Were you in jail? Were you like calling mom from the sheriff's office? Give me some scoop there. <laughs> so I was, I would say I've always been a pain in the butt. Um, so not in the, in the um, causing trouble type of thing, but just always looking for that other way. So in, oh God, this had to be about third grade. Um, we were, there was a, in the eighties, a big kick on, on, um, uh, recycling and, and that sort of thing. Okay. So two things, one, um, in order to save paper, my parents had one of those big giant, like desk magnets. And so I did all of my homework on these little one and a half by three quarter inch pieces of paper with a magnet and I turned in my homework and I handed the teacher a magnet or a uh, magnifying glass. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. A magnifying glass. I was, got the term wrong. Um, and so all of the homework was on these little tiny rectangular sheets. And she was like, what is this? And I was like, I'm trying to save paper. And cool. she was like, Oh God. Um, I also sucked at spelling. Um, and it was about third grade that I found out that, Hawaii uses less letters than us. So I was like, oh, so basically, you know, I keep getting bad grades on my spelling. But in reality, these are just symbols so that we could communicate with each other. So I wrote my own cipher and turned in all my homework with my own cipher. Are you serious? Uh, wow, I bet that was an interesting conversation with the teacher. <laughs> I was always getting hauled into like, uh, you know, parent teacher conferences and you know, can't Joe just do what he's told? Like just start there. So uh, and I still am just running around going, oh. No, no, uh no arrest, no major uh, uh nothing major though. No nothing huge. Not for the reasons, not for nefarious reasons, just um Dumb stuff. I racked up a, a bunch of speeding tickets in Southern California. Oh, uh, it started as speeding tickets, then it turned into suspended license, and then it turned into no insurance and driving on a suspended. And so I racked up over seven thousand dollars worth of tickets. And then you and got pulled over. Then you got pulled over, and he's like, "Let me see your license." And you're like, "I don't have one. Let me see your insurance. No, I don't have any." <laughs> yeah, I, and then and then worse than that on some batted. It was okay advice. It was just, you know, well and uh, uninformed. Um, a friend of mine said, oh, well, you know, the jails are so busy right now that if you just go to court and you ask to do time, they'll just process and release you. And it'll it'll get rid of all that debt. Sounds like a like, like, decent, decent idea. Didn't work. Yeah. Uh, when I stood in front of the judge and he asked how I pleaded, I said, you know, guilty and and um and he's like okay well you know with penalties and assessments plus blah 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 it'll only be this much and i said your honor uh could i do time to pay off the debt and he was like what <laughs> and i was like yeah i mean I, I i came with 35 cents in my pocket my id and nothing else no belt no shoelaces so i'm ready and he was like oh man uh sit down and i'll talk with you after i'll tell you uh i did four weekends in oc maine like the main correctional facility in Orange County. And I saw things that, oh, good God. Like my first, first after processing for like over 30 hours, uh, I finally got to a cot. And then my first night in my cot, 
a fight ended up in my lap. So, um, you know, did I clear out at the time? I man, making seven thousand bucks that was whoo, that'd be awesome. Uh, so paying off that debt was cool. Would I advise it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't set up a, <laughs> so many, set up a payment so, plan. <laughs> so many guys that I have talked to that actually did any kind of jail time, whether it was a weekend, whether it was whatever. Every time they say, hey, man, this is not a place you want to go. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. It wasn't horrible. Uh, just, you know. If you can afford to make the payments, do that. Make, that'd, make the that'd be better. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you know? So then you okay, so you're moving along, you you you're you have a interesting childhood where you're starting to uh you're creative, you are challenging status quo type personality, you are uh coming up with your own ideas, you're type A right away, probably leader right away. Did you know what you quote wanted to do when you went to school? Did you have a plan? Talk to me about it. Yeah, I absolutely did. I wanted to be an animator for Disney. Uh, I grew up really? at Burbank. Okay. Uh, Disney okay. Studios was right down the street from my house. Um, okay. Me and my brother used to ride our bikes and our skateboards over to the back lots of Disney Studios and see some of the old westerns being filmed and and the cool. whole bit. I've painted cool. two murals on the studio's walls. Um, That's cool. Nice. So I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, getting into CalArts, CalArts is founded and funded by the Walt Disney Corporation. It was founded by Walt Disney. Uh, it was a spot to groom their um, animators and their artists. And it was a way for Disney to give back. Um, I forget, the, the numbers were ridiculous. It was like 80% of the staff were... Um, it was like Lion King or Beauty and the Beast was hired directly from CalArts. Interesting. So uh, that was the spot to get to. To get right. into CalArts, you had to draw 28 pages, five drawings per page of live nude models. Live the, nude uh, models. Why, why was it? Why, why that? I wonder. The concept was in order to uh, 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 add human movement to inanimate objects, you had to understand how the body worked. So uh, okay. getting Lumiere, the, the candlestick, you know, uh, candelabra right. to mm -hmm. move as a human, you had to understand how humans moved. My first question would have been, can I draw all hot chicks or what, what do I have to look at? <laughs> oh, so it was awesome. I mean, this was in high school. Um, and that first year, I think it was my junior year that I first started putting together the portfolio. Uh, you know, uh, kind of reluctantly would go, go up to nervously go up to girls and ask, you know, Hey, would you by my senior year, the dynamic had changed and it became uh, kind of, you know, the talk around school, have you posed for Joe's portfolio yet? You know, and it became this, this thing. Like I won't mention. Like, yeah. like, 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 like the, all the hot girls were like, no, you need to do this. It was so bizarre. I, I, I won't mention her name, but a very Catholic girl, Catholic family, Catholic name. Uh, went up to her and was like, hey, so, you know, would you? And she's like, oh, I was talking with my grandmother about it this weekend. And, and yeah, I'd be I'd be down for it. She's like, my, my grandmother used to pose at like a junior college. And I was like, oh, geez. Like, it was so bizarre. I would go into homes and like their whole family would be there and the kids would be running around and dad would come up and be like, you know, so, you know, tell us about, you know, you're getting into Cal Arts and the wow. portfolio. And I was like, oh, wow. my God. In wow. two minutes, I'm going to be in a bedroom with your daughter. She's going to be butt naked, and I'm going to be drawing her. And we're just, we're just cool. Like the football game's going on, and it's just cool. Like it was, it was bizarre, wild, bro. Okay, that is wild. Okay, yeah, no, not very many guys had that kind of, uh, you know, 16 to 18 year old experience. Oh man, I'm telling you, it really sets the stage for like, like my kind of view on the world. Like, oh, geez, like so. So that's okay. Like, so if you boldly just step out there, like it's there amazing go. the stuff that you can get done for just stepping out there. How about that? Yeah. That, that, that ties right into your whole rest of your career almost. Okay. So then what happens? Um, you yeah. Walk me into some of your early career stuff there before you jumped into entrepreneurship or, or unless the entrepreneurship start. Well, I guess that started right away. Hell you were, you were quite an entrepreneur when you were drawing, drawing the nude photos, basically. 
but yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. So basically, uh, I got in on a pitch, you know. Okay. So I sold this idea. I'm I'm trying to get into Cal Arts, you know. Okay. So okay. it was a pitch, and people bought into the pitch. So in in, in different areas of my life within school, uh, two Thanksgivings ago, I was driving with my mom. We were going down to Mexico to pick up some inhalers. I'm asthmatic, and they're cheap down there. Okay. So we're driving, and and I don't know. Grades Me- came up with my mom you know and this is, uh like, this is, but this is a recent trip though yeah a recent trip by the so way I'm next driving... time you go down there can you pick me up some antibiotics let's talk about that offline <laughs> yeah no no i'm telling you there's there's a whole okay. smuggling thing that <laughs> yeah can go totally there. absolutely <laughs> so we're driving and my mom i don't know why grade school grades came up but i was like mom you know you used to <laughs> she used to tell me before grades would come out she'd say you know uh what are your grades going to be and i was like i don't know and she was like well if you're getting A's on your tests and A's on your homework, you're going to get an A. If you're getting, you know, C's on your tests and C's on your homework, you're going to get a C. And I was okay. like, Mom, that's it's not even how it worked for me. So I told her a couple of Thanksgivings ago, I was like, you know, so, Mom, that's not how it worked. Um, the first day of HOMAC, I had a HOMAC first period. And the teacher said, hey, um, because we're first period, if you guys want to bring any ingredients and make breakfast here, you know, you're welcome to. And so I was like, oh, so I would bring ingredients to school and then I would make like breakfast burritos for the principal, the vice principal, the admin staff. And and then I would take off and go hand out the burritos. Hey. And my teacher just got to this point where she was like, you're not coming back, are you? <laughs> and the answer was no. No, I I never sat in class. Um, my wow. ninth grade mm. English teacher was responsible for organizing the graduation that year. And I was taking AutoCAD. So I set up all the seating. I set up the chairs so that it spelled out our initials. Uh, and she she the staff raved about her execution cool. on this project. I did side favors. I connected people. And I um, I did these like side projects. And to this day, that's what I do. I, I'm, I'm kind of known in the industry as a person that connects people. A person messaged me today, and my first knee-jerk reaction is, oh, let's jump on a phone and let me see who I can connect you with. It's not, let me see how I can leverage this, but it's, mm. how can I connect you? Right. And if you go in, if you go through life with that mentality to just want to help people and be genuine about it, you will make money in various ways. How, how do you describe yourself now like i mean i see obviously i looked at your website i looked at your linkedin page and all that but for the audience here i mean are you do you say entrepreneur do you say designer do you say uh business coach i mean what is your sentence for joseph right now pain in the butt (laughs) uh (laughs) i i don't really know how to because otherwise you know i will go with the um you know, when, when I meet people, um, yeah, I've got yeah. 24 tech companies. I've got a media broadcasting company. I've published 17 books on Amazon. I've uh, designed light fixtures. I've got run a nonprofit. I have a business and consulting or business and advisory company. Um, I mentor. I'm currently mentoring and advising over 24 different tech companies. Um, how, how are you doing all this, bro? Your time management. And I take three to five naps per day. What? Okay, hold on. Yeah. How long are those? How how long are those naps? We talk what are anywhere those? between a couple of minutes to a couple hours. Like I have this and a, a, a regular event that I go to on Wednesdays are the only things that I have on my calendar this week. Really? Are, how many of the companies you founded are still active and paying you money, or have you already exited all all of those and, and made money? The 24 that I have currently are all current Um, and I'm launching three more. I just launched another uh, um, audio hive two Fridays ago. I don't know. Do you have, how many employees do you have? So none all uh, for the media broadcasting company. I outsource. Do you? Okay. And the media broadcasting company, what does that tell us about it? Can you give us a quick overview? Yeah, so um, the short end of it is uh, it started as a rant um, on Facebook 
And then when COVID broke out, I kind of revived the um, the media, the live broadcast network. Okay, I and that's, saw and that's, that, and that's and that's what it's called for the for the audience, the live broadcast network. Yeah, the live broadcast network. When okay. COVID broke out, I saw um, I started getting calls from my trade show friends saying, "Hey, are you going? You know, I, I just heard this show got canceled, but I think I'm still going to that one. Oops, that one got canceled." Mm-hmm. And right away, I was like, "Oh shit! Um, oh, sorry about that. Are you? Is co- yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah." Okay, so um, so I noticed that you know trade shows were were canceling it, and if trade shows canceled, then retailers wouldn't be able to go to trade shows to discover the new products that they were going to yep. stock yep. in their stores, and this was going to impact our supply chain. Yep. Um, so so I I launched in home shopping stream live on Facebook. This was essentially QVC on Facebook. Okay, great idea. Great idea. So now QVC does a live stream of their QVC that they hadn't been doing prior to that. And um, yeah, I, uh, so I know some of the guys over at QVC and I definitely moved their, moved them into live. Um, wow. COVID did too. Wow. Um, so I got a call from Michelle Swayze with Informa. Informa is the world's largest trade show operator. Okay. Um, and she called and said, Hey Joe, are you, is this essentially QVC? on facebook and i was like yeah and so she sent me a five-year contract to produce qvc style programming for informa um that october i sent four news reporters out to high point market to provide in showroom coverage of the products they were expecting um you know less than 10 percent attendance at the at the trade show and but they were still going forward with it and i i was thinking well that's dumb if you can't get people in front of the products then you should be doing everything you can to get the products in front of people mm-hmm. they should have yep. called up influencers and bloggers and flown them out and and gotten the the new products out in front of people so mm-hmm. i thought ah oh, shoot why don't i do that so i started mm-hmm. sending news reporters to trade shows and so informa called me up again and said Hey, are you doing that? So, so I provide um, I provide QVC style coverage, and I send news reporters to trade shows to do in booth coverage of the trade shows. Interesting. Um, and what about your fascination? I don't know if that's the right word. Your connection to the whole lighting thing does that come all the way back to the studio and Hollywood and Disney and lighting and production and television. Is that where the lighting thing comes from? So the lighting is more a decorative. So um, I had gone through a custody battle. I was managing a venue food market research firm and the custody battle was just eating up my time. I see. So I took a job as a resident artist at a, at this restaurant called two to tango. And when we got the, done with the whole custody battle, I didn't want to go back into corporate again. I wanted something more creative. So I went into, um, I applied using my AutoCAD skills from high school okay. for a drafting job with a lighting company in Santa Ana called Triton Chandelier. Mm-hmm. Three months on, I made supervisor. Three months after that, I made manager. I wrote the owner's five-year plan and exit strategy. Within a year and nine months, I made operations director. And over the course of my first three years, I would restructure and reorganize the company, taking them from an in-house manufacturing to an in-house design. And we outsourced manufacturing and we did final assembly in-house. We went wow. from $9 million when I first started to $28 million by the time I left. Awesome. Congratulations. And then you worked for some, you did some more lighting companies, some more design companies, right? And then, and then eased into your own stuff. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So I got headhunted to the next lighting company, and then then I would say that that was the, my first career. <laughs> that uh, that I left one job and I went to a similar job after. Uh, mm-hmm. was was my career. After that, um, I went out on my own in two thousand nine, so and right. started consulting for twenty eight other lighting companies. I've um designed two of the world's largest chandeliers. Uh, I've been credited with changing the the daylight tubular skylight industry. I introduced really? decorative light fixtures or decorative fixtures to the daylight tubular skylight industry. So the work I did over at Solitude 
uh, has been knocked off by Velux and ODL and all the major daylight tubular skylight manufacturers. There, there are replicas of my work uh, and, and Lowe's and Home Depot everywhere. How about that? Wow. Okay. How did you get, how'd you get to Colorado? That's not such a, a fun story. Um, I, I, I met a girl uh, in Virginia. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say. meet her met in Virginia. That's yeah, all you got to yeah. say. Met a girl. <laughs> it was a breakup, a COVID relationship. She's wonderful. Um, she is a, uh, um, um, how do you call that? Um, high producing solo real estate agent in Virginia. That's uh, where the, that's where the staging, that's where the home staging comes in that you, okay. The home Are staging you... came in before that. Oh, um, all right. Uh, in 2017, I went live on Facebook. I've got the tattoo on my arm. Uh, <laughs> the show became Design Talk Live. The first episode was F the Trends. Um, I went on a rant on Facebook, and 2,200 people were watching it live. 30,000 people watched it within 24 hours. And I got calls from uh, companies, fairly conservative companies, asking to sponsor my show. This was one facebook live why, so, but why but but hold on i want to back how did that even come about why did you even do that so in 2013 i had launched a company called design wall yeah. my um my the, the my aha moment was i believe that the future of design collaboration would be a social platform oh, my interior design friends were already on pinterest and instagram okay. and when i'd show up to design meetings they had screenshots of Pinterest boards and and so I was like, oh, you guys are already using social media, but social media is not designed for you. So mm -hmm. that was my aha moment. And in twenty fourteen, we launched it. Um, okay. By twenty seventeen, we we had a lot of people on our platform, um, but we didn't have as much product. It wasn't flowing on as fast as the people were. And so mm -hmm. in a in an online marketplace, you need to have supply and demand you can't mm, have mm. one side do more than the other mm, mm. so um so anyhow i was out at a couple of trade shows i did a live show a live um televised mm -hmm. show and i was flying back to southern california to go to another event and and i noticed that my interior design friends who were at an industry only event were talking about the latest color of the year that sherwin williams had just announced and i was thinking you guys were just at an event where you saw products that the rest of the world does not get to see for months. And the thing you came back with was the color of the year that my mom can see on a Sherwin Williams commercial. So <laughs> I went on a rant. I had never gone live on Facebook. I, I took my cell phone. I was sitting at the hotel. I took my cell phone and I used my earbud wire to tie my cell phone to the handle of my <laughs> luggage. And I went live and, and it, I, the night before, I created an event that tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, I'm going to go live. And Facebook said to give the event a title. So I titled it F the Trends. Um, Is that still that available? Day, can you still, can the listeners still pull that up? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you'd have right. to look it up. Uh, it, uh, I changed the page after that, but yeah, you can okay. still find the first okay. episode. Okay. Um, that, that one, yeah, we had seven guests on, 2,200 people watching live. 30,000 people watched it within 24 hours. By um, week six, I brought on my uh, celebrity co-host, HGTV's The Queen of Bling, Donna Moss. By week nine, I hosted the top design industry podcasters, and we cleared 100,000 views in one week. By December of 2017, we were uh, I was getting calls from publicists saying, could they book my, their celebrities on my show? And in wow. 2018, we cleared wow. 3.2 million views. Uh, I lip sync battled with the Property Brothers. I've had the second Aunt Viv from uh, Fresh Prince Bel Air on, The Real Housewives of Everything, the entire cast of Trading Spaces. Um, it was a wild ride. We had um, Collective Soul play live on the show. We just random, random stuff. Love it. Um, does is that where? And I want to come back to the to the girl in Colorado. But is that where the was that the birth of the podcast you are now doing? 
Um, did that or no? No, no. <laughs> so, okay. And I didn't answer the home staging question. So yeah, when sorry. I had when I was doing the show, um, I had flown out to High Point, North Carolina, for a furniture market, and I was sitting at an air, at the airport in Greensboro. It was a late night flight. There was one other lady sitting in the the Uber pickup waiting for her Uber, and I asked her, and I probably shouldn't have because it was just me and her, and dark, and uh, probably sketchy for her. I asked her, I was like, oh, are you going to the furniture market? And she said, oh, I'm I'm just a home stager. And I was like, what? You're not just a home stager. You're a motherfucking home stager. Like, own that shit. <laughs> so I talked about that on my uh, live stream from High Point. Oh. And right away, I got calls from all of the, there's three major uh, trade associations for the home staging world. And all three of them called me and said, you know, yeah, you're right. We're, we're more than, you know, just a home stager, you know? So, um, so that kind of launched, I, I, I did a whole home staging week and um, I've been not only most influential in the home staging industry since 2017, but um, I've gone on to produce their virtual events through COVID and I just stepped down as COO of the largest home staging association back that? in February. But that's the, how, that's the how you real, the realtor was a uh, realtor who owned a home staging business. We had met at a conference in Nashville. Um, I was dating another girl at the time. Actually, the girl I was dating at the time is the director of design for Circa, um, um, the D and one of the other ones in, in Vegas, she oversaw, she was the only in-house designer for Circa, which is the new build on Fremont street. It was historic because it is the first new build in 40 years. So I was dating her at the time and I met this other lady from Virginia. Um, nothing came of that. Just, uh, she was sitting by herself and I was like, Oh, come meet all these other people. A year later, I, we're at the conference again, and um, and this time we were in Nashville, and I was not with anybody. I was single at this time, and so she was like, hey, you know, I remember you from before. Uh, she was like, you were, you know, included me and, and this whole thing. We met up in a few different cities and um, kind of were hooking up, and then I, I flew out to I flew out to Virginia to meet her daughter and go, you know, to her home where mm. the plan was to stay there for about a week. Um, flew out there February 2nd, 2020. I parked my motorcycle in Terminal 3 of uh, the Vegas airport in a long-term parking. Um, I get to her place. We're hanging out. That was the first 15 days of lockdown. Oh. And then the next 15. And then the first 30 and then the next 30. Mm. So I may or may not have a Suzuki Boulevard parked <laughs> in the long-term parking at a <laughs> Vegas airport. I don't know what long-term uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of locked you in. And then what, but how, what did she say? Come to Colorado. How, how did the Colorado thing happen? So um, in hindsight, I was just in a different spot when I met her. Okay. I uh, was launching another tech company called Scan Unlock, and what this was was for trade shows. Um, when you go to trade shows, normally you register, you get the badge, and when you walk up to a booth, that booth scans your badge to get your contact information. Gotcha. We were switching it. So instead of the exhibitor scanning you, you scan the exhibitor, and when you did, it unlocked the products in their booth onto your phone. Great. And Great idea. Now yeah, now you could go revisit, and they could collect a lot more data. They okay. could get in contact with you. They knew exactly what you were looking at. Mm -hmm. um, anyhow, I was launching that, and um, and so uh, met up with her. I was of the mindset of, of traveling. When you launch a tech company, you've got to, you've got, and especially uh, this this one was around trade shows. For the life of me, for my foreseeable future, I would have been traveling to different trade shows, negotiating deals, overseeing projects, um, 
And so I, I was ready to be traveling and not tied down. My kids okay. were grown and I okay. would have been traveling. Yeah. When I met her, that was the mindset. Turns out COVID happens and I had to adjust to that. And it took gotcha. me a minute. And so I broke up with her in hindsight. She was an amazing woman. Um, and I should have looked at it through a different lens. In the end, I broke it off with, off with her. I had come out here to film a, um, the, the B-roll and, and footage for a virtual conference during COVID. I also got into producing virtual conferences. Okay. Great Uh, idea. Yeah. I was using Facebook to do the, the conferences. Facebook through Facebook groups always ha- already has the ability to charge to be a part of a private group. And so you could actually sell admission into a, a private Facebook group that was used as a trade show. You could live stream into that private group. And so mm. my concept was mm. to use Facebook groups to host virtual conferences. And so I was doing that in 2020. And then you fell in love with Colorado and stayed? Came out here. Um, I'm still here. I'm on the eighth floor of uh, the 20th Street Station apartments, smack dab in the middle of of downtown. I can walk or bicycle in a one-mile radius and go to comedy shows, all sporting events, um, bars, breweries, distilleries, um, all different types of food. This is very walkable. It's not New York. It's not even Chicago, but it's not Southern California where you've got to drive everywhere. No new girlfriends? So not really. Um, Here, I really dove into, first of all, when I moved here, within the first week, everything got boarded up. This was the elections and and Black Lives Matter. And so everything got boarded up uh, and everything was just hardcore shut down. Yeah. Um, things opened up the next summer and June of 2021, things started opening up again. And I dove right back into the tech startup scene. Okay. So I host a bunch of events and, and I got involved in the startup scene. And, and Colorado is a perfect place to do that. When did you launch your first book and how many books talk? Yeah. Talk to me, talk to us about the first book and then mention the books you have and let's tell the listeners how they can go to purchase and all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, about eight weeks ago, <laughs> uh, my friend, Carrie, who's a branding uh, strategist, I had asked her to come speak at an event that I was hosting. And she said something that was pretty pivotal to me. We all kind of been uh, through the years, we've been told that we need to create a client avatar. Uh, and that client avatar, do you have a kind of a client avatar for, for your business? No, I don't actually. So this is okay. Go ahead. So uh, when people talk about that client avatar, you've kind of, kind of got to imagine who your ideal customer is. All right. It's a male or female or both age this through that kind of an occupation. They make this much money. They live in this sort of thing. They purchase these sort of things. And that's my client avatar. Okay. That's essentially a wish list, though. There's no merit to it. It's just you is saying, you know, you're looking for a person, you know, you're, you're just making that up. So she did this exercise where she had us each take our personality test, and she's got her own personality test thing that she has at stake. And, and um, right away, we broke off into our similar quadrants. And my group was the largest group. And one of the guys in the group said, why is this group so much larger? And she's like, oh, well, we're all friends of Joe. So uh, he's going to attract his personality type. And so then some of the other personalities are like, well, what about me? I'm, I'm over here in this other group. And, and she said, well, so you actually benefit from Joe and Joe benefits from you. You guys are complementary personality types. Okay. And that's the best relationship to have. Imagine a magnet, two positive magnets. They yes. look like they match each other because they're both positive, right? But they just bounce off of each other. They never turn into anything. Yep. Um, they're similar, but they're so similar, they just they just butt heads. Um, now, flip that magnet around, and a positive and a negative, they match. It's like the yin and yang. Mm. Now, that's your ideal customer. That's the person who 
they need something from you and you need something from them and you guys complement each other. And I was like, holy shit, I've been, been looking at this thing all wrong. So I went home and I logged into chat GPT, the free chat GPT. Yeah. And I said, Hey, you know, here's my personality type. What personality types complement me? And then I had it write an entire um, uh, client write-up about the books that they would read, the products and services that they would purchase, how much they would purchase them for, um, what are the different ways that they like to be engaged with. This is video, audio, in-person, and then how much. And so I wrote this whole client profile. And, and to this day, actually last week I, I deferred from it a little bit, but to this day I only do what ChatGPT tells me to do. So I asked it to give me, I asked it to give me 60 books that those complementary personality types would appeal to. What, what would they spend more than $30 to purchase? I see. And so I've been, I just today sent off my 18th book to Amazon Publishing. Um, I haven't got my royalties check um, for the, the, you know, the two new books or the three new books now. So the royalties checks that I've been getting off of the first 15 books, mm -hmm. I'm earning 240 to 280 a day in book sales. Really? Yeah. How? Because okay. these okay. aren't books that I'm just thinking people might want to read. They're not books that I am, am thinking, Oh man, you know, everybody's going to want to know this. Uh, it's not. In fact, the book that I wrote today, um, was, and I'm not a big woohoo-y person, but it was an intuitive interior designer's book. It was geared towards uh, designers who fancy themselves intuitive. How, well, what tips, I, you don't have to give away all of the silver bullets or the secrets, but how can you get your book marketed or positioned or highlighted in a certain way on Amazon to get traction? What is the key there? So that's not really, um, I was looking at my network and I've got a pretty large network just from, from the things I've done in the past. Okay. And so um, what is your core business? Uh, for RiderFlex, we're, we're a recruiting and staffing firm. Okay. So have you read the seven habits of highly successful people? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. And it probably gave you some good general knowledge. Yes. Right. Okay. What if that book was adapted for highly successful recruiting and staffing agents? Okay. What if it actually spoke directly to your day-to-day -day job? What if the tips that it gave you were tips that you could look at and go, oh, shit, yeah, that, that makes sense. I haven't been doing that. And you could actually, it spoke directly to you. Mm. Mm. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking existing business books that you probably wouldn't have read on your own and I'm adapting them to interior design, real estate, and home staging. How about I that? am connecting the dots for people. So would an interior designer read the seven habits? Probably not. They're more creative, but if it was adapted to them and they could hear from Kelly Wurstler and Martin Lawrence Ballard and they could hear things that they experience in their day-to-day jo day -day job and it spoke directly to them. Well, they're, they're, they are buying that book for $20.52. Hard copy, soft copy, Kindle only? What are you doing? Kindle and paperback. Okay. I haven't gotten into the hard copies. Okay. Um, but I still am trying to figure out how you're marketing. Are you paying Amazon to get it positioned or highlighted in a certain way? Anything like nothing. No, none nothing. of that. Wow. Okay. Okay. But by the way, your what your website and your LinkedIn and your social media is excellent. Uh, do you do all that yourself, or do you outsource that? I do it all myself. I mean, your yeah. So I I spend yeah. nothing other than my Wix website account. I spend no money on marketing. Your design and creativity is clear in your website. Just so you know, I mean, it's really oh, good awesome. stuff. Yeah, really, really good. In fact, I made a note. This morning, for Brianna, who works for me, I was I, I was going to tell her, like, hey, go to, go to Joe's website, look at his stuff, grab some ideas from there, change our own website. <laughs> what I really like is, and this I haven't seen people do this, and feel free to, anybody who's listening, knock this off. 
if you go to the website, I have a QR code at the top. I love and it. You, I see it. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. If you click on that, uh, it has it's 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 stolen from Facebook's layout, but if you click on that, uh, it has a QR code on it. So right there, it's got the QR code. And when I'm out and about and I meet people, they can scan it and go right to here. So um, I made this so that I could in engage with people when I'm out and they could easily go to my website. No doubt about it. Um, so all the books are available on Amazon. Anywhere else? No. Okay. I'm sure you have like an author profile page on Amazon too. Yeah. Is it is it Joseph Hacker or Joe Hacker? Joseph Hacker. Joseph Hacker on Amazon. Okay, very good. Yeah. If you go to, by the way, it's josephhacker.com is the website for the listeners. You go there. He's got everything you need to know. And he's got the Amazon buttons and all kinds of stuff in there. Um, Joseph Hacker also, you can go to his LinkedIn page where he has almost 13,000 followers, I believe. Great LinkedIn profile. Um, is there Are there other channels or LinkedIn URLs? Anything else you want to mention real quick? Because oh, yeah. Facebook, you. Instagram, and TikTok. And TikTok. Okay. Um, the books, I want to ask you, got to ask you about this one specific book. You already know what, you already know what I'm going to ask yeah. you. I looked at all your stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. An AI generated erotic novel. Okay. I want to look at, I want to ask him about that one right away. <laughs> so this By the way, the name super of the book, fun. The, the name of the book, Snow White's Ever After. A dark fairy tale, and this book is highlighted on his, uh, on Joseph's website, and available for purchase on Amazon. So I'm looking at all the titles, you know, and I'm like, well, first of all, he does a good job of putting all hot chicks on the covers of his book. Okay, I love that. And then, <laughs> and then I, I'm over here. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. What is what is this erotic novel? Okay, uh, yeah, tell me about it, Joe. So, um, so it's widely known that uh, ChatGPT has some pretty strict restrictions they mm -hmm. do not allow foul language or you know explicit language uh okay. they um they've got these strong restrictions okay when i was in high school i was a fan of Anne rice's um vampire books the interview with a vampire and the okay. vampire chronicles i was at a barnes and noble and i was looking through the Anne rice section and she writes poetry under Anne Reclure, and she. Uh, there were these other three books about Sleeping Beauty. It was a trilogy. It was under written under A N, um, like, oh, Rambles or something like that. Uh, it, it's a, a weird French name that I can't pronounce. Uh, anyhow, she wrote an erotic trilogy about Sleeping Beauty. And so this was way before Fifty Shades. This was right. this was back. Uh, I read this probably in '95. Um, I don't even know when it was published, but oh my goodness, this thing! I, I read. I stayed up like several days and just read all three books, <laughs> and it's really made me the creeper that I am today. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in the back of my mind, this is you know always been there, and I just think Anne Rice did an amazing job of writing this erotic trilogy. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was hosting a workshop on how to publish a book using ChatGPT and Amazon. At the end of it, one of the ladies that was taking uh, is that workshop available anywhere right now for listeners? Uh, so it's it, I, I do them. Um, I have one coming up in July, and I I feel like I will be doing these regularly for a while. But okay. I'm not recording them because okay. they are. Um, because we, it's a workshop. Okay, so, got it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there. Go ahead. Yeah, follow the uh, on the events section of the website for the uh, next one. Okay. Um, so the yeah, I think people should be doing this okay. for the reason of uh, adapting books. I think that is a wide open lane. So people should be doing this for their industries. Got it. Okay. In this one though, one of the ladies that was in the um in the the, the workshop afterwards was saying oh you know hey i've um i've been wanting to write an erotic novel and i was like oh that's that's awesome and it and uh i was like i don't know how you would use chat chat gpt for it so i went into a facebook i'm in a few different chat gpt facebook groups and we got into the discussion of an erotic novel could it be done 
and and has it been done? If you Google, if you go to Amazon and you search AI generated or artificially generated or chat GPT written or any kind of variation of that uh, an AI generated um, uh, erotic novel or adult fiction or any any combination, there are none. Uh, what you get is some of the anime stuff, um, oh, but right. but none of it is um, AI generated. All right. I am the first book on Amazon that is AI generated erotic novel or adult fiction. That is great. Can I ask you how much tweaking do you have to do finishing? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, when ChatGPT gets you to a good draft, how much time does Joe have to go in and be like, Adam, ah, let me change this sentence. Let me move this around. So to be honest, not much. Wow. Um, I I did have it reference Anne Rice's book. And okay. I said, hey, can you mimic this? So it's, okay. it brought it over. And then I said, okay, outline a book. Uh, that is uh, based on the uh, the Snow White story, and adapt Anne Rice's book for Snow White. Okay, now I want to pause right here and ask you something—a question. Um, and I may have to keep you when we stop recording. I want to ask you a couple more, but <laughs> all right. So, Writer Flex. So we launched a book about hiring and inspiring called the Writer Flex Guide. It is on Amazon. It's available for, for purchase. I was in chat GPT the other day. I guess I just don't know how to prompt it correctly. I was in chat GPT the other day and I said, um, can you, I can't remember exactly how I asked the question, but I said, can you adapt Steve Urban's writing style from the book, the writer flex guide? Can you analyze that writing style and create a blog for me? And this other thing I was trying to do. And it said, I can't access Steve Urban's book. What, yeah. what did I do wrong? Uh, so it can't reference things uh, actively on the internet within the last, like, since, the, like, last year or two. That's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's why I can't. Okay. But it if will I try more... to, though, based off of what you feed it, it'll try to uh, surmise what your, you know, what the book might have been about. But it's not going to reference it. Can it, can ChatGBT... Our podcast, we have over 350 guest episodes for the Riderflex podcast, and I have over like five or 600 uh, short clips where I'm giving career advice and job interviewing tips because that's what we do for a living. That's our, our day job is staffing and recruiting, so I have all these tips. Can, can I ask ChatGPT, can I say, hey, analyze the Riderflex podcast and pull information from that, to, or, or it, won't, it won't do it? No, but, but what you could do is you could – Especially with your book, you could take excerpts from the book and say, "Can you mimic this style?" And now you won't have to write that; it'll it'll mimic your writing style and tone, and then it'll it'll then apply whatever new instructions to that. And okay. same thing with your podcast; you could take your transcript and and take an excerpt from that, stick it in, and I then see. say, "Hey, continue writing." Okay, very good. Thank you for that tip for the listeners. Appreciate it. So. What's your best-selling book so far? That one's interesting. Um, I believe it's the the, you know, and and here's the thing too. Uh, in my first workshop, uh, I had done five books at that point, and and I was asked, "Do I even read my books?" And the, the truth is, I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not an interior designer, a real estate agent, or a, yeah, it's not my thing. The top selling book, uh, two of them are pretty neck and neck, but Pricing with Purpose, a Residential Interior Design Guide to Profitability. Okay. It turns out that in the interior design space, there's this real big trend towards like mindfulness. They, um, I don't, uh, you know, uh, and, and pricing is always a question for interior designers. Okay. The one that's selling best for real estate is the AI playbook for real estate agents, how to thrive in a digital age. Real estate agents are all trying to figure out how to leverage AI in their business. Do you have to say AI generated book? Is that like a legal thing? I do not. And you, you, it's actually, there's, you know, 
AI is brand new. And right away, I mean, people are already saying, you know, you don't have to put ChatGPT in there. You don't have to. Uh, for me, I am. Okay. Because I I want everybody to know that I have published 18 books using ChatGPT. Because right. that positions me as the person to teach that workshop and I speak see. on that stage. I see. Uh, I see. This is why I wrote the erotic novel. Uh, you know, that was fun. Um, but also, I'm the first AI generated. That is part of my branding. It's part of my message. Good now, mess. yeah, good if mess. you're an attorney, do you want to say that this contract was written by uh, AI? You don't want to say that because uh, that just ruins your credibility. Yes. Um for me, I'm leaning into it. I see. I like it. I mean, I like the strategy. Man, you are a visionary, a creative, strategic visionary, a writer, a designer, an entrepreneur, a business coach. I mean, damn. I, I don't know how <laughs> I you I don't know how you do it all. Uh, well, I, I guess you're, you're not you're when not we started you're not, at the beginning. I'm a yeah. pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> you have any grandkids yet or no 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 please knock on wood on that one I, it was just out for my tw my son's 25th birthday and his girlfriend says so are you ready for grandkids and i was like oh oh chick you better not be screwing around right now and she's like she's like oh no 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 i i didn't mean i was like oh like, give me some time like i i still need to travel some more like <laughs> um you're, also wait, i'll go ahead also, uh, this strategy extends beyond the books. The books are one way of validating uh, my me as a uh, credible source for my business strategy and advisory. Um, okay. But I call it a vortex. So I also have like, well, I think I'm creeping up on 60 or more blogs that I convert to audio blogs. So a person can read my blogs, but they can also click on the link and they could pop in an earbud and listen to my audio blogs while on the go. I love that. What about the podcast? How many episodes have you done? It's called the in crowd post in crowd business podcast. So I'm a little behind on editing because I've, I've gone further into audio courses. Okay. So um, I'm also uh, using chat GPT to write audio courses. I ask it to write a script for an audio course around the subject matter. So, I finish a book and then I have ChatGPT write blogs about that book and the information surrounding the book. And then I have it write a course about, so I've got like master classes and about the content that I'm putting out. The audio courses, I have ChatGPT write a script. And then I was taking that script into Speechello, a voice to text platform. Oh, okay. I'm now using a platform where uh, they've cloned my voice. So I've made a clone of my voice. So now you can listen to my audio courses and my, my blogs in my voice, and it's not me. Okay. Whoa, last whoa, whoa, Saturday. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. What, all right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> last Saturday, I produced two half-hour audio courses that uh, right now I'm running a special. They're all $9.99 an audio course. Next month, they go up to regular price again. And I'm selling audio courses from $19.99 to $179. And it's not me. I am, uh, I'm having ChatGPT Chat write the script. And then I'm taking it into this other platform. And I'm using my cloned voice to produce the, the, the course. Last Saturday, I did two half-hour courses. It took me 20 minutes. Okay. Can I clone my voice to do an audio version of the book that we launched, The Rider Flex Guide? How do I do that? So I would suggest you don't. I would suggest you build content around your book. So right now you're doing the podcast and the podcast reinforces and then also ultimately tees up the book, but it might not be a direct correlation. You could actually be creating a bunch of a bunch of blogs and audio blogs around the book and all the principles of the book. You could be creating audio courses where a person who maybe hasn't bought the book could already start to take that audio course, or maybe they have bought the book and now they want to know what to do next. They can buy that. 
ultimately all of it is to reinforce and to to build you up in your uh, uh area of genius yeah. and then essentially hire you as that consultant or whatever whatever the next step is but so i've right, created a vortex yeah. that that just creates this whole vortex of information that people can engage when they want to how they want to so i'm selling audio courses i'm giving away free blogs and i'm selling books all around concepts that ChatGPT told me to write in the space and subject matter that I'm familiar with. Now, see that whole speech you just did right there is a perfect reason that somebody that needs help with branding or their marketing or their business to take it to the next level should call you and engage you as a consultant and an advisor. I mean, that's just a small little taste of what you could do for somebody. We're out of time, but josephhacker.com, Joe, fascinating my friend i could talk to you for another three hours and by the way since you're in colorado we have to hook up in denver for some beers or lunch or dinner or something eventually yeah yeah i am always hosting events and man there's a plenty of plenty of breweries around here and if any of the listeners pop into denver hit me up 